Yes, you may be seated. Please sit down. Eli, if you can put that quote up for me. What the church needs today is not more or better machinery. Not new organizations or more innovative methods, but men whom the Holy Spirit can use. Men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not show up in machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men, men of prayer. Ian Bounds. I love that he says the Holy Spirit does not flow through methods but through men. His sons and daughters, right? That's us. We are the vessels. He is the source. Faith and prayer, prayer and faith, they go hand to hand, right? Prayer is a, is a conduit, right? They're joined at the hip. Prayer is a channel for the Holy Spirit to be used in and through you and I, his children. But you must have faith. They're integral. One does not work without the other. Baseball can't be played without a bat. You can use a pipe, but then it'd be, it wouldn't be baseball. It would be something else, right? I don't know how many of you drank Kool-Aid back in the day. My mom, we were infamous for it. Amen. Kool-Aid. You can't have Kool-Aid without water. Or sugar. Thank you very much. But see, they know. They know. It's just aid. It's not cool unless you add the sugar, right? You can't find Dory without Nemo. Or Nemo without Dory, rather, right? You need that. Matthew 21, 22 says this, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. The good news, if you believe in the Lord, then he will listen to you. Right? That means you can't say, oh, Lord, if, if you're there, if you exist, you've heard these prayers before. Like if you're in the universe somewhere, you know, I, here's what I have to say. Like, no, like, why would I? You ever get these calls by someone that's you don't know, right? And it's it's they're like, hey, uh, Jeremy, I'm like, already like you're not, <laughs> I'm not Jeremy. Uh, you're already wrong. Yeah. So um, yeah, we just wanted to. Um, we saw that you know you were interested in it. No, you didn't. No. Why am I? Li- I'm not listening. I'm not listening because you don't even know who I am. You're not even trying to. No, you're. Mm-mm. Right. It's the same thing. Like what. If you're struggling with that, how about you, you, you pray, like, Lord, increase my faith. Like, help my unbelief. Because I'm struggling with that right now because I don't see you in this situation or that situation or, or in my life right now. Right? 
if someone came to me and was like, man, I, like, I, I want to believe, you know, like, help my own, like, okay. All right, now I'm, now I'm listening, right? Now I'm listening. We are not called to be philosophers, right, that just pontificate about the word. Like, oh, yeah, you know, the God, I believe that he said this, and this means such and such, and that's not what we're called to be. We're called to be so much more. We have the power that's in us to be so much more. Listen to uh, Acts 17, uh, 22 through 29. This is Paul addressing the Areopagus. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive in all things that you are very religious. For I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar that had with the inscription, To the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives all life and breath to all things. Right? He doesn't, we do worship, we do worship, we put our hands up, but he doesn't, doesn't need that. No, he made all things. And he has made from one blood every nation to men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Interesting. 27. So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might reach, might grope for him and find him though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live, in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of our own poets have said. Some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think of the divine nature like Gold or silver or stone or something shaped by art or man's devising. This goes back to the first quote, Ian Bounds quote, right? The Holy Spirit does not flow through methods but through men. He does not show up in machinery but on men. He does not show up in machinery, but we sure do trust in machinery, don't we? We put our faith in gold, silver, stone, anything devised. And we covet these things, don't we? It's quiet in here. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Maybe you guys are the unsullied, unblemished new breed of Christians. You know, I, I'm an old raggedy, crickety Romans 7:15 Christian, I suppose. I, I can hear now. Why is he up there preaching if he's not? He's not unsullied by us, like like, like we are. Because I'm faithful to what God puts in front of me. That's the, that's that's the only thing, right? That's where my faith lies. It won't be changed. It won't be moved. It won't be shaken, sometimes stirred, but not shaken or stirred. See, some of you are already thinking about happy hour when I said that. I know. <laughs> see, see, shame on you. You know what? This is happy hour right here. This is the best hour of the week. I promise you. Right here. This is the best hour of the week. Mm. 
You know, I want you to listen to Paul's letter to the Philippians. Listen to how he prays. This is from the message version, so it's not going to be up there, but I just want you to hear it. And just think, if we pray like this for each other, right, that's the context that I want your mind to be in right now. What if I prayed for everyone that I thought of like this? Listen to what he says. Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I am so pleased that you have continued on in this with us, believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep it, would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. That's Philippians 1, 3 through 6. I was driving today, and I was like, wow. I passed by our old church, uh, our old building, rather. And as I passed by, Pastor Ontario came to my mind. And I remember I've been, I've been chewing on this, this scripture and chewing through this, and I was like, you know what? I just broke out in a prayer for him and his church, because that's who I passed, right? What if just, like, I thought about Mitch, and I just instantly pray for Mitch. Right? I think about Eli, boom, instantly. Eli crossed my mind, let me just say a prayer to lift him up. CR was on my mind. Fall on my knees and pray for him. Right? What if we all did that instead of, ah, yeah, I'll get to it later. I, you know, I've got some things to do. What's on Netflix? You know? I watch my show. I can do that later. I, we're always kicking stuff down the road. We should stop doing that. Right? Paul's letters usually included such accommodations. He knew who he was with Christ. He knew who he was without Christ. With Christ, he knew that he, knew that he was formidable. Right? He was more than a conqueror. Right? He was literally an heir to the throne. He is a child of God. Without Christ, nothing accomplish nothing. Not my words, his words. And it is true. Nothing of any significance. Right? I started thinking about who God is. And last week we sang this song. And I loved it. And it just got me thinking about who God is. And it's an almighty fortress. You guys know the song. Right? You go before us, nothing is standing against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. This is how we fight. On our knees, hands lifted high. That's what we sing. But I don't think we really like that posture, right? Because it's vulnerable and submissive, right? When I get down on my knees, already, already my knees are starting to hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Hands lifted high. I I don't like, freeze. Like, I already don't like this. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this posture is, is already hard for me, you know? 
my shoulders. My deltoids are getting tired. Oh, gosh. How long do I got to? Maybe I can just go like this. This is way better. <laughs> this is way better. I don't know how I'm going to get up from here, actually, because my knees hurt so bad. But, but you know, we, that's, it's, it's, it's tough because it's, 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 it's vulnerable. The only more vulnerable posture is just prostrate on the ground or on the cross with your hands stretched. It's vulnerable. But it's just, this is freeing to do this, right? This is freeing. So, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's pride, right? We're, we're too prideful to get, I ain't getting down on my knees. I can, I'll, I'll stand and I'll pray. Not that, not that there's something special if you get down on your knees and you, and, and you pray. Like, oh, God loves you more. No. But, you know, I ain't doing that. I'll, I'll, I'll pray. I'll, I'll pray here like this. This is good. I'm comfortable. Sometimes you've got to get out of your own way and get out of your comfortability. Mm. Preach it to myself, by the way. I hope you know this. This is like for me. I know this is... Now, every word I'm saying is cutting me really deep right now, but um, yeah. You know, I was listening to the radio this week. It was a secular station. And uh, the topic was, do your kids go to church? I'm like, oh, this is... You know, I want to hear this. This is interesting. And... Man, it was a overwhelming no, right? And one of the um, callers that called in, she was like, yeah, you know, she said that her kids go to church, but she's like, you know, I'm, I'm, she's a teacher, by the way. And she said, I'm, I'm seeing that, you know, there's, there's things that when our kids went to, to church and they prayed and they did these things that, that we don't even realize it came with, I mean, they respected their elders, you know, that their manners were better, all types of things. You know, now people are not even getting up, not opening the door for a, an older woman. Like if she's getting on a bus on the ceiling, I'm not. Like, you know, she can, she can do it. Why do I got to open the door for her? Why do I got to, you know, I ain't got to do that. And I just thought it was so interesting. Like we need prayer more now in this time than, than, than ever. And really it's, you know, it's indicative of, of the parents. Because if the kids don't go to church, the parents are not going to church, right? Parents rather watch online. Now, if that's the only thing you can do, then great, thank you for watching online. But we'd rather, we'd rather watch a sermon online on YouTube and believe that that's sufficient, and it's not. It's just, it's just not. You know, do we... How many of you had Thanksgiving this year at your separate residences on Zoom? Right? And eating. Hi, Auntie. How you doing? What you eating? Mac and cheese. Ah, oh, man. I didn't make mac and cheese. I, I made beans and rice. But yeah, okay. Oh, hi, Grandma. You having a good? Yeah, this is great. So fun. That just sounds preposterous. And it was weird when we had to do that in 2020. So some of us did. It was disconnected and awkward. We're like, but this is the only thing that we can do. And that's in the physical. So that's, you know, it's, when you play it out in your mind, it sounds preposterous. Staying at home, watching online, never engaging with your church. Some of us are like, yeah, spiritually, that's, watch online, that's good for the day. That's good for today, yeah. That's good. Now I can go watch football with my real friends. <laughs> that's what people are thinking. 
Watch for both my real friends now, my real family. Get this out the way. You guys are so lucky that you are like on the East Coast here. Man. Game started at 1, so you're like, no, no, we're good. We're good. I like to see if you were back in Oregon when game started at 10, and you're like, man, this, when is this passage going to be done so I can go watch football with my real friends? Shouldn't it be that way? Right. We need to be praying and tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit if we are going to be successful in combating the forces that be, that are jockeying for your love, your attention, and your time. We need to reorder our loves, and it starts with prayer. We also need to appreciate the mystery of prayer and the Holy Spirit in prayer, right? How he moves and operates when we speak to God. Listen to why Paul bows his knees to pray. See, we just heard the how, right? I want you to listen to the why, why he does it. This is from Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. It's going to be up on the screen here. Listen to this. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we go, for this reason. 15. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, Here it is, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So he's going around praying for you, the inner man. What if we prayed like this? And, that's not all, and 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, that's all of us, what is the width, length, depth, height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. Now to him... This is God, who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's the Holy Spirit. To him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever. Amen. You know, every year, at least for the past couple years, few years, um, you know, B3, Zach and I, we've been talking about a word for the year. Like, what's your word for the year? Right? So last year's word in January was 2020-23, I want to be serious. Right? I want to be serious about everything. What God puts in front of me. Serious about my craft. Serious about, about the things that I'm doing. Right? And this year's word is faithful, right? Like, I want to be faithful. I like to stack the words, right? So it's not like, oh, I'm not going to be serious anymore. No, I'm going to be faithful. No, I'm going to be seriously faithful, right? And it's interesting, we, went over, we were talking about this, and for me, I think that is a, 
a, a personal strength of mine is to be faithful to what God puts in front of me. So I'm like, it's almost like if you run, if you're like, a, you know, hey, we're going to work on running a mile. And you're like, I run, I run a mile like almost every day. So cool. This is going to be. No, no. And by the way, I fall short in so many, diff- so many areas. So don't let me, I'm not up, trust me. <laughs> I fall short in a lot of different areas. And I'm going to share one of them with you. Because I thought to myself, okay, what's another, I need to work on a weakness of mine or something that I can, you know, prop up. So one of the words that I thought, I thought a lot about this was mindfulness. Now I'm going to explain it to you what it is, what I mean by it. Mindful of what? Uh, mindful of my ears, my eyes, my nose, my mouth, in that order, the, all the senses. Right? And I thought about this. I want to be seriously faithful and faithfully mindful. Seriously faithful. Faithfully mindful. Look at Matthew 6, 22 and 23. Matthew 6 and 22 and 23 says this. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad... Your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light in you is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? In Matthew thirteen sixteen, this is not going to be up there, but you can just hear me. Regarding the purpose of the parables, Jesus says this to his disciples, Matthew thirteen sixteen. He says, But blessed are are your eyes, these are the disciples, if you're a disciple of Christ, he's talking to us right now. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. In the preceding verse, verse 11, Jesus tells the disciples the purpose of having blessed eyes and ears. He says, because to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. Paul just finished praying about the why, the appreciation of the mystery. And Jesus is saying to us, it's been given to know the mysteries of heaven. Right. So our spiritual eyes are blessed to see and our ears are blessed to hear. In verses 14 and 15, Jesus lays down, I feel, the state of our culture and nation, our zeitgeist in this moment. Right. 13 and 14 says this or 14 and 15, rather. He says, And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. The ears, Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have been closed. Now, Least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Least they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. That's the only way. 
Proverbs 20.12 says, Ears to hear and eyes to see are both gifts from God. Ears to hear and eyes to see are both gifts from God. So all the senses are made by God, right? We're made in his image. Therefore, therefore, they're all gifts from God. That's why Paul implores us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to him, which is our reasonable service, right? That's Romans 12, I believe. That's our, that's our reasonable service. It's like if you want to get like a C, like, like you know, you're taking a test, like just, you know, your reasonable thing is write your name, right? Let's write our name. At least do that before you give the test in, right? That's your reasonable, that's reasonable, right? We should be offering our gifts back to him. So I want to be mindful of my gifts. I want to be mindful of the things that I'm seeing with my eyes. and You know, because I should be seeing people the way that he sees people. But that's not happening. Why? Right, because he says that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. So I need to be mindful of what enters my heart, which is through my eyes. You've heard the saying, hey, the eyes are the windows of the soul. You've heard that saying. We just read that Jesus said the lamp of the body is the eye, right? And if it's full of light, then the body is lit up. If it's full of darkness, then how great is that darkness? We have to be mindful of what we watch, see, and peer into. Two of those we can definitely control, what we watch, right? Got to be careful what we watch, what we watch. I was, I was talking to, I was talking to, I can't remember, I was talking to somebody this week, and I said, uh, I said, man, man, I just watched this movie that just, it was this time suck. It sucked the time out of my life. It wasn't even that great. I'll tell you what it was. It was Aquaman. I was mad, okay? <laughs> it's like, why did I watch Two and a half hours of this. I did it in segments, you know, but still. I did like an hour and a half, and I was like, man, I could have been doing something productive. And not that there's anything wrong. Listen, watch Aquaman. That's fine. It's, it, you know what I mean? It's, it's, but for at me at that time, I was like, you know what? I just want us to be mindful. Be mindful that that's two and a half hours, right? Be mindful, and oh, man, oh, I'm... Aaron, my wife knows I'm talking to myself right now. Look at her. She's back there smiling. Listen, when you're on YouTube and it's like the next video, the next video, and then it has just the loop and it just plays. I'm watching pickleball videos. What am I doing? <laughs> Got to get better at my dinks. What am I doing? It's, it's, oh, my gosh. And it, it's not even that it's necessarily like sinful. I mean, that too. Watch, you know, but just worthless things you know we got to be mindful of that be mindful of what we peer into right don't want to be like king david up on the roof with bathsheba he saw he could have looked away but no he wanted to peer what did that lead to murder right it was the lead measure a little bit of lust what do you keep following those steps? That led to murder. Wow. Jeez, what happened? David. God still loves him. Be mindful of my ears. What am I putting in my head through my hearing? 
Listen to this. This is uh, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. How can I think about such things if I'm constantly filling my head with useless things? Like I said, like not even necessarily simple things, but just worthless garbage. There's only so much real estate, right, that we have, and the enemy wants all of it. He just wants to distract us. The answer is you can't. You can't. My nose, right off the bat, with smells, I just want to make it known that I'm not talking about aromatherapy. So let me just get that out there. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Christ is the power that heals. He is the ultimate. That's penultimate, you know, which means that things, everything points to Christ. But we can all agree that there's smells out there that we have a visceral reaction to, right? If something's terrible, you're like, oh, my, oh my gosh, that's, that's terrible. Or if something's amazing, you, you smell flowers, you're like, you know, Wow, it, it, you have a visceral reaction to it, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. The Bible mentions aroma in this sense extensively in Exodus um, 30. God instructs the Israelites to make an anointing oil with myrrh and, and, and cinnamon and, you know, fragrant cane and, and frankincense, right? They use this in the tabernacle, then later they use it in the temple and different spices. You know, fragrances is also added to the grain offering. This is, Levit- this is Leviticus 2. For a sweet aroma to the Lord. Right? You know, we are called to be the sweet aroma to the Lord. It sets the mood, I think. You know, if I want to sleep, I mean, can you fall asleep in here? And some of you are like, man, this guy needs to. Hurry up, you know. But yes, you can. But can I sleep at a rock concert? I mean, I I guess so. I mean, it's hard. It's not the ideal place to sleep. The ideal place to sleep is in a nice, you know, sleep number bed or Tempur-Pedic bed at home, lights down. That's creating the environment. That's all I'm talking about. But what is cool is that we create the environment for it to be a soothing aroma to the Lord. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Ooh, God has a diffuser and it's us, Right? We get to diffuse the knowledge, his knowledge, through every place. I love this. Paul was grateful for the privilege of being used and influenced in God's influence. Are we grateful for that? That we get to be used as an influence for Christ wherever we go. Listen to this commentary. The imagery comes from the strong and sweet smell of incense and censers in the triumph parade, which along with the fragrance of crushed flowers shrown under horses' hooves produced a powerful aroma that filled the city. 
The analogy is that every believer is transformed and called by the Lord to be an influence for his gospel throughout the world. I love that. That's our calling. Notice that I'm starting with the eyes, right? Because that's our vision. The vision is Jesus. That's where the start is. We have to start there, right? And then we get to our mouth, right? Colossians 4, 6 says, Let our speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. This can't happen if our eyes and our ears are hearing and seeing things that are not gracious and are not flavorful. Just can't happen. I was talking, uh, me and Mitch had a meeting uh, this week, and I was like, you know, we've got to be slow to speak, swift to hear, right? That's what James says, slow to speak, swift to hear, right? My vision has to be up. It has to be on Christ. That only happens through prayer, right? Then, through that, then he starts to transform us, and then my speech is tasteful. And it's like, wow, that's okay. It's flavorful. Our speech is that way. We can't, we can fake it, right? We can say nice things. Oh, hi, Sister Odell, Sister Smith, how you doing? And then when they leave, man, I can't stand. They always, they, they come in, you know, and you're grumbling underneath your... Right? That's not how we want to be. So we have to let Christ come in and then Christ come out. Our touch. Now our culture, you know, we don't greet with a holy kiss, right? Barely even hug each other anymore. But I do know that we're not called to be separated from each other. Right? We're called to be in the room and and embrace. You know, one of my closest friends, he Rather, his love language is touch, right? So when I go up to him, you know, and I put my hand on his shoulder, you know, I say, how are you doing? Like, there's a weightiness to that, right? There's a weightiness to that. Not just, hey, man, how you doing? You good? Good? Good. All right, cool, because I got to go watch the football game with my real friends. No, right? There's a weightiness to that. And also, you know, I'd say you want to obviously be aware of of maybe their love language. Maybe they don't want touch, and that's fine, but maybe they do. Maybe they do want a hug. Maybe that's needed. Now I'm going to have the band come back up, and as they come back up, I want to give you some practical verses, some tangible verses that you can pray through. Um, Because we should be praying for God's guidance all the time. His guidance, his influence, his provision, and not for us, for each other, as Paul did. Right? We've got to start thinking outside of ourselves, and that's true flourishing. Okay. I'm going to read from Psalms 119. Um, this psalm is called the Mount Everest of 
all the Psalms. It's super long. If you get a chance to read it, you should read it. No, as a matter of fact, you should read it. Like, read it. It's 15-minute read, 10-minute read tops. Do it tonight before you go to bed. Do it before the 1 o'clock football game. You have time. Okay? But I'm just going to pick a few verses that you can actually pray through and that I have prayed through myself. So Psalms 119, verses 9 and 10, says this, How can a young man cleanse his way? I'm not a young man, but how can a man cleanse his way? Okay. By taking heed according to your word, by listening to God's word, using my ear to hear his word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Okay, maybe that's not you. Maybe you feel guilty saying that. Nah, I haven't sought you with my whole heart. Lord, I want to seek you with my whole heart. Lord, let me not wander from your commandments. You can ask him, like, I don't want to wander from your commandments and your truth. Look at verse 17 and 18. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Verse 27, make me, I love this, make me, yeah, because I'm prone to wander, like, like, make me understand your way, so shall I meditate on your wonderful works. Verse 32 to 37, look at this, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Again, make me. I, I, I underline that twice because I'm like, I need to be made to do things. I want him to make me. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it, because I know what's good for me. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. I love that, Lord. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless worthless things and revive me. In 2024, Lord, revive me in your way. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we just... Lord, I surrender my mind, my thoughts. Lord, I want you to be in the driver's seat, Lord, of my my senses. Lord, I want to offer my gifts back to you. My eyes, my ears, my everything, Lord, everything about me, my essence. It's already yours, Lord. You are the source. You are the ocean. And I'm a boat. I'm a vessel. I cannot move or go nowhere unless you are there. Guiding me. Taking me on this journey. And Lord, my prayer is that you would take us all on this amazing journey with you. Or that we would understand the mysteries that surpasses all knowledge that you want us to understand. 
that the enemy is trying to hinder. So right now I bind up the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. He has no power in any of our lives. And I cast him down to the abyss. Lord, I loosen my eyes and my ears to hear wonderful things from your word. Lead me and guide me into your truth, your beauty, your love. Because you are good. We love you. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen.